Mm. Yeah. Just yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. get one of those. Mm -hmm. Get one of those incense lit. What is going on, guys? It is your favorite podcast, the New Mind Collective, with your host Kyle Evans, coming back with you with the. Uh, the regular Choli. Yes, sir. Reoccurring guest on the on the podcast. And also for the very first time, our very special guest, Jacob. What's going on, guys? Or as the Latino brothers call him, Jacobo. Is that right? That's, That's that right, right, yeah. See? <laughs> <laughs> talking, uh, talking about that before the show. And, uh... Great to be back, guys. We're just hanging out, enjoying this beautiful Monday. It's not really beautiful. It's uh, I mean it. it I mean, pretty it's, rainy. It's all, yeah. I mean, it's rainy, but it's. I guess it's all a matter of perspective. <laughs> it's a, it's cool weather. That's true. Yeah. Beauty is beauty is. It's know. refreshing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's serving a purpose. Maybe it's uh, you know, what is it they say? April showers bring May flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. There's uh, there's, I've heard that. There's a natural order, you know. For somebody like me who has uh, really bad allergies, you know, washes the pollen away. You know? So you appreciate it. I, for me, mm -hmm. for me it's good. I like it. You know, every once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, does, it gets the pollen off the car too. Yeah, exactly. Nice, yeah. When, I was, uh, when I was a kid, I tried to, uh, this was my time of year for washing cars. I would try to I would try to flip as many cars as I could washing them. Some people were smart to my game and they were like, "Hey, we're not gonna, you know, pay to have our car washed twice a week when it's gonna get covered in pollen again." And I was like, "All right, <laughs> I just I see you're not I just see you're not balling like that. I'm sorry." Try to hit him with that Jones effect. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Jacob, intro introduce yourself. Tell tell the people tell the people at home or wherever they're listening from. A little bit about yourself, man. Where are you, you know, where are you from? What's your about? Well, I, uh, I hail from uh, Georgia. Mm -hmm. I grew up in uh, about an hour south of Atlanta, a little town called Zebulon County. It was Pike County. Mm. Uh, all my family, back to generations till we came over here from Europe, you know, grew up in North Georgia and Pickens County. That's where they were at the whole time. So, so you're an immigrant. Oh yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. <laughs> Scott Irish. Well, I also have a good bit of Native American. You know how we feel about immigrants. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, you so you're Scott Irish. You came yeah. over here. Yeah, and uh, we moved back up and uh, finished out school in North Georgia. And I mean, I just been honestly when I was younger, I was much more of you know like a Southern country. Boy, always raising the garden, eating fresh vegetables out of the garden, hunting, fishing, stuff like that. And then as I got older and more developed my education and my vernacular, you know, uh, opened my mind more and Spended. just, uh, yeah, and, you know, started self-educating a lot and uh, broke beyond that stereotypical, you know, like Southern white man ideal. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so currently you're a student. <laughs> Mm -hmm. At university, what are you? What are you studying, and where? Or you actually don't. I wouldn't say where. You don't. I don't want anybody listening. Well, and, I and study mathematics. Out, uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> tracking you down and trying to get you to join their chess club or their <laughs> astronomy club. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm actually not too good at chess, but yeah. No, uh, 
Yeah, I studied mathematics. Um, okay. I was originally majoring, actually originally, originally, uh, my first declared major was information technology. Um, that was just kind of like a standstill until I figured out what I really wanted to do my mm -hmm. freshman year. And, uh, and then I declared uh, electrical engineering. Okay. Um, transferred schools, um, de then declared mathematics, and then transferred schools back to my original school. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just where I am now. I'm in my uh, fifth year of college. Uh, I've done two summer semesters. Okay. So if you want to get overall technical, I mean, this is my walk. We go to school when we're four. I'm 22. <laughs> 22 so this is my in. 18 years. Okay. 18th year in school. So, yeah. Uh, hoping to graduate next spring. Okay. I, graduate. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Okay, so yeah. next year. Mm -hmm. And so what will your degree, <laughs> what will your official degree be in? Uh, bachelor's of Science in Mathematics. Okay. Yeah. And what do you want to use that for? Um, to be completely honest with you, I'm not entirely sure. And uh -huh. a lot of people ask me that all the time. And um, I just, I haven't researched it as much yet. I want to do that this summer, really figure out what industry I want to work in for a while. I eventually want to go back and get a, uh, a master's and eventually doctorate in mathematics and become a college professor. That's like long-term goal. Oh, very goal. nice. Okay. Um, and this time around, I might actually be graduating with a minor in physics. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, there's like, I've just looked up before, like, jobs available for math, math, mathematics majors, mm -hmm. and it's a long list, like, like a long list. And uh, I just figure that this summer I can figure it out. But the reason I chose mathematics, which is more important than that, is because when I was doing electrical engineering, I liked it, you know, up to my major classes. And then I decided, you know, this isn't something I want to do the rest of my life. This isn't, I don't want to sit somewhere and do what I'm doing right now for the rest of my life. Sure. And I was thinking... And this was when I, IT or, or when you were... When I was uh, electrical engineering. Okay. And I was getting into my junior year of college. Mm -hmm. And um, I just asked myself... Uh, I was watching a lot of um, Alan Watts, if you know who that is. It sounds weird. He's is he a philosopher? Was he a philosopher? What was his official title? I've heard I don't some know of what his, his official title is. I would call him a philosopher, mm -hmm. um, for sure. He just has a lot of videos on YouTube and stuff like that. There was one talking about, you know, because he was a college professor, mm -hmm. and he had said his students would come to him all the time and be like, you know, we're getting we're getting near graduating, and we just we just don't know what we're gonna do in the world, you know. A lot of students have that problem. Right. And he said, and he would tell them, you know, like, don't worry about the money at all. Don't worry about the accolades. You know, follow your passion. Follow what you love. Mm -hmm. And if you get really good at it, eventually you can teach others to do it, mm -hmm. if nothing else. For sure. And, um, and that's just, I, I, you know, I, I found myself always loving math or mathematics, so I just pursued that. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. And Charlie, what you're 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 going to school right now, aren't you too? Yes. Do we, I don't know if we've ever talked about what you were going to school for on the podcast, so I didn't want to leave you out of the, no, the opportunity. It, it, yeah, it's fine. Charlie's speak important. on your yeah. speak on your learning. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I I actually am going to school for biology. Probably is the science I'm going to go for, nice. and I'm going to get a degree in that, and probably use that to be a teacher as well. Actually, but probably for more like middle school, high school age students and stuff like that because those are really the developing years of people and very yeah. impactive. And, you want yeah. that influence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Because, I, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of teachers nowadays, obviously, <laughs> I talked about this on the last podcast as well, I mean, mm -hmm. teachers nowadays just don't 
really, I guess, understand and can, can kind of, like, break it down to the students now, the way how things are changing, you know, for them to actually comprehend what's, like, being taught. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, for sure, there's, there's so many <clears throat> different professions, I think, in the, you know, in, the, in our country, in the United States, mm-hmm. and in the world, that really play such a huge um, role in our society and in the lives of the people that they that they impact, but they're understaffed, under you know resourced mm-hmm. and under underpaid Nursing. usually. Yeah, nurses, mm-hmm. um, teachers, um, a lot of Absolutely. a lot of people, human serv- a lot of human service related jobs that really benefit our society are some of the most underpaid and and high stress jobs that that exist, which is unfortunate. You know, I actually saw a article one time that said the high it was the top 10 highest stressful jobs mm-hmm. in the world. You'll never guess what number 1 was. It's a stay-at-home mom. I was going to say that. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Stay-at-home mom. I heard that before. That makes sense. That's another I mean, that's another It looks since what makes it though like I guess stressful, stressful. Because they have to take care of the house. The kids are constantly ravaging the house. They have to cook for the kids, teach the kids. Uh, yeah, kids are stressful. So they have a human, good. little human being to take care yeah. of all the time. Yeah, being responsible for the lives of others is uh, is stressful. And then also, you know, being in a relationship with uh, mm-hmm. her husband or, you mm-hmm. know, whatnot. All the, all the different <clears throat> factors that require energy and, and time. Sure. So, Absolutely. So that makes sense. And I know a lot of times, you know, stay-at-home moms are under, you know, resourced, under... Underappreciated. Underappreciated. And un- in some sense, in some senses, you know, underpaid. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just had a, you know, crazy idea, you know, just while we're on the topic of education. But how cool would it be instead of the government giving money necessarily to schools also, but having the option where the government would give you money to, you know, uh, homeschool or, you know, educate your kids at home. Because I know it's reported, and I don't have any facts in front of me or um, statistics, but that a lot of times homeschooled kids, because of the ratio of one-on-one, Mm-hmm. You know, teaching or oh, absolutely. resources, yeah, they tend to test advantage. at a higher. Yeah, it's it's tended to be an advantage. They test at a higher rate. Would it be you know a, a beneficial right. idea to have there be you know grants or or things available for homeschooling, you know, so that there's not so much of a financial burden on you know the, the state government and federal government for education. Yeah, I mean that um that makes total sense, I believe. Uh the one huge con I always find with homeschooling mm-hmm. is they don't get the social aspect of school. Mm-hmm. And a lot of school, a lot of learning in school is how to interact with other human beings because what are you going to be doing your entire adult life unless you get a job like in a lab somewhere by yourself? You're going to be interacting Interacting. with human beings and and working with them at some point in your life yeah and like that's i mean that's what the vast majority of human beings do on a daily basis when they work they interact with other human beings yeah and um you know like and not to say well i I will say it like our our school system uh compared to you know a lot of the other developed part of the world is just you know really bottom shelf (coughs) if i could say inferior yeah like in japan (coughs) They teach children manners, and they teach children 
you know, how to interact with other human beings positively from the ages of three to five, and then after that they start teaching academics. Yeah. And I mean, like, something like that is just so beneficial to the career of a human being, um, which I mean, going back to what you were originally talking about, giving grants for that makes sense, because if they want to do, if they want to have their children homeschooled, you know, more power to them, you know, it, and, you know, don't let me tell you what to do with your child. Sure. And if their child would go to public school and get access to, you know, that, that tax money, and the mm-hmm. parents are paying those taxes, even sure. if their child is homeschooled. Absolutely. So just talking fiscal dollars, that money should be going back to them some way, somehow. Right. Um, but there are definitely, that is definitely one huge disadvantage to homeschooling, just in general. Is is the lack of social? Yeah, the lack of social aspect of it. I mean, if you could get your kids around <clears throat> other kids, maybe have like a homeschooling group with like ten children, where you can do with three parents, yeah. one, sure, one sure, on one yeah. time. I'm sure yeah. there's a way you could implement that into a homeschooling somehow. Yeah. yeah, I know for you know for a fact that co-ops are really popular, even if they're you know there's not a a homeschooling school, if you will, where there's like maybe one or two teachers that teach you know thirty kids. And mm-hmm. it's a very small operation. Or you see, you, know, you say one or two that teach thirty kids. One against thirty is pretty like that's a pretty big difference, dude. Like it used oh, to be, sure. what is it? Like you one one against twenty. Yeah, probably Long, maybe even less. Maybe yeah. like one in fifteen or one in twenty. Sure. Where they're just underfunding all the education and teachers and. Yeah, there's not really a lot of incentive <laughs> or edge. You know, I don't know. I've I've talked about it before on previous episodes. My my opinion mm-hmm. is that you know government should be smaller. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, and that people should have more personal responsibility and take more of an initiative in the governance mm-hmm. of society on both a, a government level and on a on a family and individual level. You know, absolutely. That that's that's my number one thing is uh is um you know, you are the government of yourself. Sure. So like first and foremost, before anything else, you need to control yourself and make sure that you are doing what you think is okay. Mm-hmm. And then next, branch out. You know? Like, that's always first and foremost. And uh, just because it's legal doesn't mean it's right. And just Mm -hmm. because it's illegal doesn't mean it's wrong. True. And that's just proof. I mean, 100 years ago, it was legal to, what, beat your wife with a broomstick? Mm -hmm. I think we can all agree that's pretty wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I could agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with smaller government. My only thing... My only thing is, uh... I mean, branching out from my nihilist point of view, I mean, like, if the government has no control over the business or the corporations in a country in our modern-day society, um, in a capitalistic society, which we have in America, which is, you know, like, get as much as you can, pile it up, greed, 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 you know, we want the best, the most, the best, um... You destroy your environment. That's just that's just a side effect. That is that's obvious side effect. That's what's happening. Sure. In China, in the United States, in tons of countries across the world, and um, I I think you know the environment's more important than the economy because without an environment, there is no economy. There's no us. Mm-hmm. So we definitely need some kind of system to keep those people in check that have been brought up through the social conditioning processes of a capitalistic society. Sure, and so taught that that's how life is, and that's how life should be, you know, Because there, there are ways to, like, still, like, get what we need and not be so harmful to the environment mm-hmm. and stuff like that, too. Absolutely. But it's not the always the cheapest way or the most, like, I guess, idealistic way to make money. 
Yeah. Well, sometimes it is the cheapest way, like renewable energy. Yeah. The only reason we're not doing renewable energy is because too many people are making money off of oil. And oil is much more expensive to manufacture, so, you know, to get and use. Well, that's well, that's a perfect. That's kind of the. That's kind of my point is that I feel like if people actually were able to feel the effects of that more, or at least the responsibility, and it wasn't mm-hmm. well, the government's. It's just the government's job to look after all. You know, all this stuff, yeah. and you know what have you. Because, you know, the government doesn't really do a good job of governing themselves or, or auditing themselves. Yeah. But if you had, you know, the majority of the population, if they had control over, you know, some sort of peacekeeping force or, you know, the police in general, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to say, you know, for example, the the federal government, it's good to have the army and the armed forces to have protection, you know, for the country. Do we yeah. want them going and always being involved in other people's business and getting involved in conflicts that we don't need to be in? No, but is it nice to have if us as American mm-hmm. citizens were actually at risk, we would want to be well, you you know, protected. System. Sure, yeah. and I don't think that it's... And so my point is that I don't think it's necessarily the job of even the president, the commander-in-chief, whoever to go to war. I think it should be the, excuse me, the people that decide... Mm-hmm. You know what happens. Yeah. You know what I mean. Is I don't. Well, know. I will say this. Sure. You know, you're talking about the will of the people and everything, um, and that's good and all. And I mean, um, everything. But the U.S. Constitution. Can we not agree that that is one amazing piece of literature for a government? <laughs> like it really is. Like if you take out, you know, like we came over here and ravaged Native Americans. That's horrible and everything. But the United States Constitution. That is an amazing piece of government literature that, that details out a government that seems to be very well, you know, and obviously it was for a very long time. Mm-hmm. What are we, we're getting up to like 230-something years that our government's been established at mm-hmm. this point? And Not I mean, really. we were in the early 1900s, ni- up to the 1970s, 1980s, we were the number one superpower, you know, because of our government and the way that it works. But, you know, like these things happen over time, eventually it starts to fail mm-hmm. but and falter, but... My point is that when they wrote the U.S. Constitution, what did they do? They actually went into a room. It was, I think, like uh, 20-something, maybe like 26 delegates. Mm -hmm. Went into a room, closed the doors, closed all the curtains, and they sat there and deliberated the U.S. Constitution. And none of the general citizens were able to attend or know what was going on at all. So, I mean, that is definitely some sort of a testament to the point that when, you know, the best, brightest minds get together and try to come up with something then you know it, it's successful it's a masterpiece yeah or i mean it, it definitely has the possibility to be so but what what contingency is there in place for the prevention of a group of people to come together and say that there's say our current government thinks that thinks of themselves you know in the same class as the founding fathers and a group of 20, you know, plus delegates wants to go into a back room, close everybody out, and then pass some sort of policy. Now, mm-hmm. could it potentially be something better than what we have? Possibly. But mm-hmm. could it also turn out to be something that's much worse and even, yeah. you know, enslaving well, or, or tyrannical? Yeah, I mean... it. Backstepping. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes hand in hand. I mean, they're, the back room plots... You know, there can be backroom plots for but tyranny there's, there's or backroom plots for freedom, you know? 
There's definitely a, a uh, control-alt-delete that we have for that, if I will. And you saw it in France in the mid-1800s when they took their leaders in the streets and chopped all their heads off. Like, I mean, if the people really want to revolt, you're telling me the government could withstand the power of the people? Think about what percentage of the military would turn against the government. I mean, like, potentially, I mean... I, who knows? Yeah, I, don't, I really don't know about that. But then you have to think about how the government is dividing the people. So... Yeah, and all the fluoride and uh, all the Manchurian candidates and the MK Ultra and the chemtrails. Ice caps and the whales. I don't know if I believe about chemtrails. Contrails. Just because, <laughs> just because I know how planes work. But, well, yeah. right. Well, there is. Wasn't there? Okay, now we're about to derail. Okay, eventually <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little bookmark in here on the podcast. We're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about mathematics and why you chose that route. But first, we gotta go down this rabbit hole of chemtrails. I'm sorry, I can't. Okay, so <clears throat> I saw a video as all great, you know, points that are about to be made start with. I saw a YouTube video, and it was of a for- it was an airline pilot or former airline pilot saying that. You know, if it was so, I I, I would I'm imagine. Not, I'm not saying I don't think that the U.S. government has ever poisoned an entire city because it's on government document that they have. Okay. I'm not saying I don't think the U.S. government would do something as horrible as chemtrails. Right. All I'm saying is that when I'm riding down the road with somebody and I see a random plane going over my head and there's a white trail coming out the end of it, like every other plane I've ever sure. seen in my entire life, and they say, "Oh my God, chemtrails!" It's most likely not a chemtrail. It's most right. likely just a guy flying a plane. Right. Right. But, Frozen uh, precipitation coming yeah. out of the back, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, um, whenever somebody... I, I subscribe to the thought that, like, whenever somebody says, do you think the U.S. government would do that? you think our government would do that to us? I just look at them with this face, like, are you really saying this right now? And I'm like, do you realize what the U.S. government already has done to us and is on government document? Right. You know? Well, here's... The, well, I mean, that begs the question, like, why... Do you think people have such a hard time accepting? Because I don't ever, Cognitive and I think dissonance. it's well. I think yeah. I think it's it, you know it bears saying that like I would never want to be labeled as kind of like a crackpot conspiracy theorist kind of like well, type that's person. Funny. But you know it's too late for all that because I my label is sealed and I have a brand on me. No, I'm just kidding. Do you but, know where the where the term conspiracy uh, comes from? Or if, the term conspiracy theorist. The if phrase? I'm not mistaken, it was. And Nick totally knows the answer. Come I on, believe Jolie. if it, if I'm not mistaken, it was developed uh, or coined by the CIA yes, sir. as a term for discrediting people that were trying to expose actual. Um, deviations exactly. and our, our uh, moral absolutely our moral do you know government. what time period it was created and that's actually pretty important too I want to say it was somewhere in like the mid 50s 60s mm-hmm. it was during the red scare yeah yeah during the red scare yeah I mean you know it totally makes sense and that's kind of that's one of my problems with with people in general is when people tend to get upset whenever you're asking, whenever you're talking about certain things, you know, there's questioning an authority figure. Yeah. Questioning authority or whenever they try to turn the table and make it a, you know, Oh, you're just believing in conspiracy theories or whatever. And it's like, no, I really don't. I'm looking for information. I want somebody Mm -hmm. to tell me something that makes sense. I don't just want to blindly believe whatever, 
whatever's in front of me. That's what I tell people a lot, you know, it's not, it's not that I'm wanting things to be true, it's not that I'm wanting, you know, any, anything, anything that I say that I believe, it's not that I'm wanting this, it's that my mind, and this is one of the reasons I actually, you know, chose mathematics, is my mind is formulated to just follow analytical data, you know, follow logic. Like, does it stand up to logic? And, and people, a lot of times, you know, get emotional and they want to argue with me and think that I'm just saying that this is the way it is because I always think that I'm right. But it's not just the fact that I believe I'm right in that moment. It's the fact that I'm not subscribing to my thoughts based on my emotions. I'm subscribing to logic. Mm -hmm. And if I follow logic, it's not what I want. It's what logic tells me. You know, and um, that's just that's just the way I like to think about things. And when you follow logic, I mean, it shows that the U.S. government is is, if I say, if I dare say, one of the <laughs> biggest enemies of the populace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, any, you know, it's any sort of uh, large organization or conglomerate that has a. Uh, Fierce interest in self-preservation is definitely going to be... And is empowered as well. Right, is empowered. That's what I'm saying. I mean, mainly through size. Typically, that's what gives people their power. But it's not always the case. It can be influence in the right areas or access to certain things. I would say power nowadays comes from pretty much one thing. Information. Money. Have, have you guys watched the um, Stanford prison experiment? I have not. I've watched... I think you've I told me about it before. I don't know if I've watched uh, The Experiment, but is it just about how, like, their education program? No, well, the prison experiment, so it was, um, some, it was probably around in the um, 80s or 70s, the Stanford had um, put a news article out saying that they wanted to run an experiment, basically, and looking for males, basically, 18 to 21, or 18 to 25, I think, to be a part of it. And, um... <clears throat> It, so they had the peop- these people come in, and they were asking them like just if they were crazy or not, essentially, <laughs> or just crazy? like like have you like and, and then they were asking if they wanted to be a prisoner or a guard, and everyone wanted to be a prisoner. Really. And it was kind of weird. So they had to have guards. So they flipped coin. They flipped the coin to be who would be a prisoner and who would be a guard. And even in the experiment and the simulation, the guards, when they had this power, were taking advantage of these people. Who were just, it was just an experiment. It wasn't like they, they liked the people, and that's what they right. said, like afterward, that they liked the people. But it's just a natural occurrence. Yeah, that if you have the power, and it was decided over a coin flip. Absolute it, power corrupts absolutely. Yeah, that's everyone wanted to be a prisoner yeah. in the beginning because it was the easiest one, but then they flipped the coin. They got to be a guard, and then they... They got a taste of power. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had that conversation. Even in that small environment, it, it caused probably so much... Uh, it's on Netflix. Corruption. Just check it out. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, shout out shout out to that uh, to that video. I haven't even seen that yet. I'll have to go check that out if it's if it's on Netflix. I'll go, I'll go home and watch that tonight. But yeah, I was having a conversation with a, um, a co-worker about that um, not too long ago about how... <clears throat> power corrupts and he was really resisting that and was like oh well then he was he was kind of getting sensationalistic and saying oh well you know you're saying so that nobody can ever be in power because then they're going to be corrupt and do these things i was saying no 
It just means that we need to have more safeguards and accountability in place to understand human nature. I think it's really naive to look at our history and the history of human beings and say that we've evolved or advanced past the point of extreme tyranny and you know misconduct and uh, abuse and you know sadistic kind of tendencies so i mean there's still i mean allegedly we're we're uh, bombing syria or you know we're missile striking syria because they're using chemical weapons on you know human beings i like that you use the word allegedly there yeah i mean i don't know i mean i really don't know i'd like to it, it would really you know and well, I can tell you that it's 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 uh, it's on government document. I mean, this is not the first time we've bombed Syria. We were actually we were actually bombing Syria under Obama as well, mm-hmm. um, just because they've been going through the civil war for a very long time. Um, and I mean, all the research I've done on it, and I can't cite anything right here, right now, or anything because um, I didn't have anything written down. But you do the research for yourself. All the research that I've done says that the only reason we're backing the rebels is because the rebels are more or would be more compliant with the US government and with like the UN than the government that is currently in power. Sure. But the rebels when they get into power are not going to be any any different. any different than the current government. Um of so it's just, you know, like one I guess you could I don't want to use the term evil, just like one, you know, bad power fighting another bad power. We're you know, backing the one that's more compliant with us because we're the world police, as it so be. But Sure. Yeah. And, I mean, that comes back to the whole point of, like you said, one bad power fighting another bad power, you know, and that's kind of what everybody was saying between our two previous, you know, presidential candidates. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's the, you know, and, and I think that just kind of shows that that's that line of thinking. Can we cuss really, here? I mean, sure, say say whatever you want to It's the, it's the shittier of two turds. Right, That's yeah. how I like to say it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, basically, I don't know. A lot of people, I know a lot of people are saying that, oh, well, this it's what you got to do. I know that this person's bad, but this person's worse. And it's like, if you follow that line of thinking, it's, it's never going to of... get any better. It's going to decline, mm-hmm. you know, over time. If you were choosing the better of two people, well, I mean, I guess you could say that you're choosing the better of two people by choosing the lesser of two uh, bad, but... Everything's relative, but I think on the spectrum of good leader versus bad leader, both of our main presidential candidates this, this past election were definitely far over towards the bad leader on the spectrum. Right. You know what I mean? For that sure. can't be the best that our country has to offer. No, absolutely not. I mean, just to be completely honest with you, I think that uh, Bernie Sanders was the best we had to offer for sure because he really understood, you know, like like the common person is what makes America great. Like, we've always known that. I don't know if you know this or not. It, it's You can look it up if you want to. Back in, uh, like, 1965, around mm-hmm. that era, um, if somebody made... Over, I think it was at that point in time, five hundred thousand a year. After they made five hundred thousand a year, on income, they were taxed at ninety three percent. Oh wow! Yes, and but think about this: what did we do in the sixties and seventies? We went to the freaking moon, dude. We accomplished so much. We were the number one power in the world in science, math, technology, government, war, everything. 
And what they did was that nowadays people can make as much money as you want, you know, and it's like, I, I think nowadays that cap would maybe be, what do you say, like 2.5, 3 million mm-hmm. a year. And then after that point, maybe even a little bit more than that, 5 million a year after that point, you get taxed really high. Mm-hmm. But they knew, you know, people know that more money equals more power. Right. You can buy people. You can make people do what you want because you have a lot of money. Sure. So if we can keep the average citizen from, you know, having enough money to do that, then we can keep people from, you know, corrupting our country, you know, because that's what's, you know, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. That's what we're talking about the last couple minutes. Once they get that much money, what are they going to do? They're going to become corrupted and they're going to want to make other people do just what they want. Yeah. And that includes politicians. Yeah. Become lobbyists. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the more uh, the more money you get, the more, like you said, the more power, the more situations you can get yourself out of, the more you kind of start to take liberties that the average person wouldn't take because maybe, they maybe you they also have the right to do so. Maybe you also see people doing whatever you want to just because of the fact you do have money in this power and they'll just do whatever you want. Yeah. And that's not the complex that probably gets in people's mind that, you mm-hmm. know... Well, well, it's like shit. that video we were watching earlier. Like, like once you get a lot of money, you have like these. If you're a man, you have these like this group of women behind you all the time, wanting your money, right. and they know they can use. I mean, I'm not. I'm the farthest thing from sexist, but this is right. a fact. They know they can use sex to get at you. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what women can do. You know, I've heard the phrase before: men use love to get sex, and women use sex to get love. Right. Mm. And I mean, it's. I think that's one hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, any intelligent person. You know, well, I mean, I won't just say intelligent on any given level, but just intelligent in general can usually try to try to find a vote, motivating factor to be able to barter with another human being. You know what I mean? To be able to yeah. get to get what they want. Not all of them. <clears throat> not all of them necessarily. Well, you gotta know human behavior. You gotta understand yeah, human sure. behavior. You know, not a lot of people can do that. That requires thinking, which I think is. Is uh, not a very uh, popular trend for the past maybe you know forty or so fifty years. Yeah, it's really it's really not. I don't know. I've I guess I could speculate. I've had conversations with a few people about how our country transitioned from being a producing society and a manufacturing you know mm-hmm. society to being a more service driven society to mm-hmm. where we you know. We're not making things. It's all about, uh, you know. You know, I blame for that. What's that? I blame one person for that. Who? Well, I can't. I guess I can't blame one president for that, but I can blame like the government during that time, especially him, Reagan. Okay. He he um, really messed up. You can look it up in the mid '80s. He really messed up the tariff system. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to people even around this region, all my grandparents worked at factories. They worked at factories in Pickens County, a little small county in North Georgia. There was a, a blue jean factory, a shoe factory, a rubber factory, a freaking uh, another factory there that did something else. And in the 80s, when Reagan came to power, he messed up the tariff system because it was set up to where manufacturing many goods manufactured in other countries when brought into the U.S. had to pay a tariff enough that would make the U.S. made goods compete with them fiscal-wise, money-wise, right? right? They'd be about the same cost. But Reagan got in office, and he basically did away with that where you could make things in other countries, bring them in the U.S., and it would be a lot cheaper. And him and Congress at the time did that. 
And what happened when that happened is that all these countries in the U.S. said, you know how we can save money? We can ship our factories overseas and have them make them over there, bring them in, because over there you pay cents to the dollar, you know, for wage, I mean, for a labor wage. So. so Reagan ruined everything for us. Well, not just Reagan. You can't just blame one person. No, I'm going to blame him. I want to find one person to blame. That's you know what he did, too? That's, that's only one war, thing. War on drugs. I was about bro. to say, he was war the only on one thing Reagan did. Come on, though. <laughs> I'm just Listen, man. That's what, get, that's, what happens, that's what happens when you elect actors to run the U.S. like we did currently. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a real problem, man. They start... <laughs> Freaking movie stars up in here. With their entourages. You can't just choose your role in real life. You feel me? <laughs> you can't fire people in a government like you can your own business. You can't just be like, oh, you're fired. <laughs> here's, you what I, here's what I think. Here's what I think. You've got to go, like, to become a Navy SEAL. You know, we consider Navy SEALs some of, like, the brightest, you know, most high-trained soldiers that we mm-hmm. have. For sure. Absolutely. I feel like there needs to be, there should be some more stringent, you know, a uh, program for like the, to become the president. You know, have some sort of like mm-hmm. presidential you, yeah. academy, if you will, to where it mm-hmm. accepts the best and brightest minds. But if then, you did that, if you did that, yeah. you would get the corruption to where eventually somebody would come in control of that, come in control of who gets admitted to it, and then decide who gets admitted and then further becomes president. That's why we have it set up where anybody can run for president. Man, just let but me run that thing, man. Come money, on. money, <laughs> the, 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 the deciding this. factor nowadays, you can't run for president unless you have a certain amount of people backing you up or if you have a certain amount of funds to yourself, man. Well, the amount of money you need to campaign is ridiculous. Well, here's the thing. What if the American people controlled, you know, you would have, I mean, you would have to set up contingencies. Have, uh, have it be So you want it like ancient Greece where everybody goes and votes, right? Like every time a decision's made? (laughs) Well, no, it would be, it would be like, or maybe there is no like admissions process that requires, you know, anybody to... You know, any dean to let you in, and it's all mm-hmm. just performance based. You yeah, know, you, you go to once school. You get in there. Yeah, well, or you, you go to school, and based on your scores and your, you know, your aptitudes or whatever, you know, they'll select the best and brightest from like every class if they want, you know, the opportunity to go to the presidential academy, mm-hmm. and you know, say they have to go there for four years, and then after four years. After that, they can be elected president for, you know, four years or whatever, and they could run. Well, we do have the age limit in America for president. To be president, you have to be at least 35 years old. Yeah. So that would have to be, like, a while on in some people's life. Yeah, I mean, maybe, or maybe, you know, or maybe... But you can run for, like, Senate earlier. Maybe there was something set up to, like, you know, I guess make politicians. But I just see it as, like... Or have more presidents. Well, what I'm thinking is, like... There's definitely, like, once you set up... <laughs> more more stuff doesn't fix problems. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to explain Hey, man, that. government, if you don't, if you, if you, uh, if you hate the problems that we create, just wait till you see our solutions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, more, more presidents. You know what J.R.R. Tolkien said, man? That hobbits have hairy feet? No, that's not that's not the same J.R.R. Tolkien. It, well, it may be the same, but he yeah, said... I was about to say, how many J.R.R. Tolkien's are there? <laughs> yeah, come on, man. I know, but he said... Maybe somebody else has said this, but I swear okay. to God it was J.R.R. Tolkien. But uh, 
I don't know. I, I know a lot of quotes, right? I Might have been somebody else, but he swears it was this guy. <laughs> I know a lot of quotes, okay? I get I get the names mixed up. But anyway, this is a quote, and I really like it. And uh, it, just kind of, it can end any discussion on government, right? Okay. It can end any discussion on government. He said, um, it is the most ungodliest job in the world to tell another man how to live his life. Not one in a million are fit for it, and least of which those who try and attain it. That's true. That's a good point. So then, man, so what you're saying is, for the Presidential Academy, it's got to be random. You I mean, it's, it's got to be like, because uh, you're you talking can't about school, you were talking about school scores and stuff like that, dude. Like, you know how many kids do horrible in school but are freaking amazingly intelligent? And well, it's because, like, we're judging them off one standard. Okay, well, hello... You're basing the you're 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 making the assumption that what I would want to have for a school system is the same as what we currently have. No, well I figured see, that no, if you meant I got, different, you I got, said I got, so. I got I got I got solutions. I figured if you oh, meant God. different, you would have said so. Because I agree, no, because I agree that there's problems with our current education system. Mm-hmm. I didn't graduate from high school. I got mm-hmm. my GED, mm-hmm. and you know, I had. I almost scored a perfect score on like reading and, and uh, comprehension mm-hmm. on the GED. I don't, you know, I don't know what exactly that means or what that how that measures up for sure. you know, to other people. But you know, I I didn't do good in school, and I think it just goes to show you that, like you said, that it's not indicative of being mm-hmm. educated or intelligent. But I do think mm-hmm. that we need other. You know, I I think we need new systems. I feel like it's definitely education. based more around indoctrination than education at this point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Cause I mean, I I say that to people, you know, and it's I don't want to be pessimistic or think that this would be the case, but it's like you know, if the government's in charge of educating, they're going to be educating in such a way that it benefits them mm-hmm. primarily. You know and what see, I mean? Like I, put, I mean. I um and see I was that stereotypical kid in school who who got always 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 knew the answers. People cheated off of him, um, and really the main reason for that is because if I brought home anything other than all A's, I got in trouble. Right. Like hardcore trouble, and my parents were always on my ass. And honestly, I think it was just because from day one, you know, not to sound cocky or big headed or anything, but my dad's told me this before. He was like he was like Jacob. Honestly, from day one, I could tell that you had the capability to in public school make all A's if you tried hard enough. And and I did. And that's what I did throughout my school years, but at the same time I would go home and my parents would teach me lessons at home, you know, how to live life, how to do things, how to treat people, how to sure. how, how to how to discipline, you know, just things like that. And um but once I got older I realized just how much of school is just I don't want to say pointless because I don't find it pointless, but I want to say it's just like it's they're, they're teaching people they're teaching people enough to do what they want them to do and to do what they tell them to do but they're not teaching people enough to think for themselves and question the powers at large if well, that makes sense sure well that's kind of what I was that's kind of what I was touching on earlier I was going to make the you know the um the anecdote of the, or the analogy of you know, a slave owner, you know, if you're, you're, you're not going to want to educate your slaves and give them the tools to attain their own freedom. No, we used to, as, 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 as a race, we used to kill slaves that, 
um, actually learned to read and write or showed intelligence. Right, and probably yeah. for that reason. So it's like, you know, if you think it, you, somebody that you want to be captive and you never want them to run away, you're not going to teach them navigation. You're not going to mm-hmm. teach them all these things that would be useful to them. Absolutely. Because that would be counterproductive. And, you know, a lot of people, that's one of those things where I feel like a lot of people would not want to acknowledge that that's one of the problems of having the government run our education. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that exists, and that's why we see the mm -hmm. decline in our education system. Absolutely. I mean, touching on that even a little bit, you know, as we say in mathematics, furthermore. 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 um, I, you know, um, subscribe to the thought. I I actually tell people, and I get some strange looks when I say this. I say, you know, there's there's a lot more slaves in the world right now than there ever has been in the past. And but the difference is I, I call them modern day slaves, mm-hmm. and um, and just to touch on that for a second, just in case you didn't sure. know this, there are actually more actual slaves. Sure. Mm-hmm. There are actual more actual slaves in the world. People being held against their will, forced to do things for no payout in the world than there ever were in the past, and that's because we have so many people in places like Africa, even in even India, in America, America, even sure. in America, there are slaves. Foreign diplomats come over here with indentured servants, and they never let them leave their house, yes. and they never pay them. Atlanta is a very mm-hmm. huge hub for transporting slaves. For transporting sure. sex slaves, yeah. sex trafficking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean. There's really a lot. Yeah, go ahead. But yeah, no, um, I call them modern day slaves. So basically it's slavery with an extra step. So think about the average person that you know in our society in middle class America or or the the middle class obviously is disappearing. But in, you know, in America right now, the average person that I know that you know that that uh, that anybody really knows is probably, um, as I'm about to describe, you know, basically living from check to check, maybe able to save a tiny bit, but not enough to really do anything with at any moment in time, at least for like 20 plus years. And, you know, what do they use their money for? They make every month. They use it to pay off their rent. They use it to pay off, you know, buy food. They use it to pay for their water bill, their electric bill for their house. And they use it to, if you can afford it, pay for your health care. If you're not already provided health care by your employer. Right. So back in the day, what did a slave owner do? A slave owner gave a slave a place to sleep, food, water, and health care. Because you don't want your slaves, you know, you want them to be scared of you. You may hurt them, but you don't want them to get seriously injured. You don't want or them to Ill. get you hurt or ill or anything. You want them right. to be a tip-top working Fish. shape. Sure. Yeah. So, basically, a lot of people in America nowadays are just slaves with extra steps. They get this paycheck. They get to decide the shitty apartment. They get to decide the you know, the house that they're paying a thousand dollars a month, two thousand dollars a month to live in. Right. And then and then they get to go to the store and buy their own food. They get to decide maybe they'll health care if they can afford it. And it gives you that kind of fuzzy feeling of, oh I get this decision, but in all reality, I mean it's it's slave with an Limited. extra step. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, I definitely <clears throat> see the correlation because I mean you know, there, I definitely think there's actual, like you said, actual slaves mm-hmm. being held against their will more than any time in history due to the, you know, seven plus billion people that are currently on the planet. And slave <laughs> owners view them as nowadays a long time. I watched a video about this in a college course. They actually view them as, you know, expendable. Right. Back in the mm-hmm. day, they didn't view them as expendable because they were expensive. Right. And they, they wanted to take care of them. But nowadays, once they get tired, once they die, they just toss them away and go get another because there's so many freaking people right wow yeah 
Yeah, I mean, and and so there's so there's the actual slavery and sex trafficking, and then there's you know the financial slavery, of, <clears throat> you know, I think Choli touched on this, and I think I've you know I've I've definitely heard other people speak on it. There weren't as there there haven't been as many, you know, classes on financial, you know, education. Definitely not you know in high school. I don't think like Choli. Did you ever have a uh, a class on like che- like balancing a checkbook or like I, I mean I remember kind of in in high school I feel like a bank might have come like one day and kind of talked to us a little bit about that but there wasn't a whole lot on like accounting or financial planning do you remember um yeah in my um high school times I I can't remember of any time even when even of a bank that came in and taught us how to do anything you know leasing an apartment, even that, just like any like basic information that you need to know right after you get out of high school and start living on your own, they didn't teach you anything. Even even further life, like four hundred one k's, retirement plans, anything that you need that. to like, yeah, to. I mean, I guess that's something you can learn along the way, but I mean, like, just but even just the simpl- simplistic things, like just learning how to balance a checkbook or something like that, leasing an apartment, you know, just taxes and all these d- different things they just never taught you anything about that yeah i mean i feel like at the very least you know because there's definitely i definitely think people would benefit from having a class that taught them just basic life skills but i mean at the very least financial you know planning or money management i think would because that's i mean that's the real modern day slavery in essence is debt you know mm-hmm. financial slavery and in the 18 plus years that I've had in the education system in the United States, the amount of time that I've actually spent on learning how to manage money is minuscule at best. I mean, the last the last course that I took was an accounting accounting class in college, and you know, maybe there was more there than than I saw at face value. You know, granted, I was skimming the textbooks for information so that I could pass the test and get through it because I'm not a numbers guy, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I mean, I've, 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 I'm not familiar with with money management education in school, mm-hmm. and I feel like if that was a thing, and people learned on how to manage money early, that's the primary way that they would they would obtain freedom. You know, from from modern day slavery and and would have maybe potentially more opportunities for self-education. Well, I believe that for people to, you know, um, break the chains of, I guess we coined the term at this point, modern-day slavery. um, DS. I feel like what needs to happen is, I mean, what we saw happen in Iceland after the Great Recession of 2008, um, they actually recovered quicker and more efficiently than any other country in the entire world, and all countries were affected. You know, not just the United States. All countries, all developed countries, were affected by the recession. Mm-hmm. And um, Iceland, what they chose to do was that um, these this little family, um, if you know about them, the Rothschilds, that mm-hmm. own the you know the banking systems and the most developed people. countries. Yeah. So they actually uh, took the just Rothschilds in detainment and jailed them. Uh, after the recession happened. The Iceland people? Yeah, in okay. Iceland, yeah. And they bailed out their citizens who were in debt. Nice. And they recovered in less, just under six months, fully recovered. 
from the dropout that happened at the beginning of the recession. What did we do here in the United States? We built out the banks. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like if you really want to free people of that modern day slavery, then you have to bust up the banking system. Yeah. Just because it's it's so jaded and it's so uh, corrupted. And, um, and like you were talking about debt as in the modern day slavery, that's actually more realistic than a lot of people know about because our country, as many people know, our nation is indebted to other countries and it's indebted to the Federal Reserve in our own country. That's how, that's how the system works. Sure. And, um, actually the collateral, you know, when you, when you, when you get a loan, you sign out a collateral, the collateral of the loans of the United States government is the citizens, the products that we produce, and the GT, the uh, GDP, gross domestic product, which is the overall, it's a ranking basically of the overall um, uh, efficiency, or not efficiency, but the overall level of an economy is the amount of GDP that you produce. Mm-hmm. And citizens produce that GDP through jobs and, and service providing and producing goods. And we are literally, quite literally, the collateral on these loans that the U.S. government has on the on this debt. Well, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> you made that sound bad. <laughs> all right, all right. I don't like banks anymore. So, so, so wait a minute, Jacobo. <laughs> so you're saying that the banks, that the collateral on the loans that the U.S. government's taken out is mm. actually the 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 work production of the citizens. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what if I'm unemployed? I ain't gotta, I ain't gotta do the work. What you say about that? Well, if you're unemployed, are they gonna come enslave me? Is there a real threat of China? I mean, if you're unemployed, if you're unemployed, then <laughs> I assume if you're unemployed, then I assume that you have a partner. A partner. A partner. In life. No, I don't mean that way, dog. Well, I assume, when I say partner, I mean male or female dog. I, this is, this is, I'm not, I don't have a dog as my partner. Yeah, you have a spouse. Whoa. Who are we talking about? You have a spouse. Okay, <laughs> that's true. I okay. do. You have a spouse, right? It's getting kind of personal right now. And she has a, she has a job, right? She she does. And she pays I'm taxes, I'm not going right? to tell you where. And she pays taxes, right? Unfortunately. All I'm saying I'm is kidding. is that you are, when you're it. married to a person, you know, financially twisted with this person. So even if one person's unemployed, the other one, you know. Keep, keep, keep the other one. Yeah, the other one, you know, is like, you know, connected to them. So you are a part of her and she's, you know, working and she's not unemployed. So, but no, I mean, if you're unemployed and you're by yourself, for sure. I mean, you're not, you're not. Technically, I guess a part of that collateral, but in so all the reality, Chinese or the Russians can't come make me work in the fields if they come and take over. I'm not saying that they could. Yeah, I'm going. Absolutely. What's that movie, Wolverine? I'm unless going Wolverine. You, unless Red you, Dawn, baby. Unless, Dude. unless you go live free or die. You know what I'm saying? Live free or die. Live free or die hard. Live free or die. Like and then you just let them shoot you, and then you just you just reincarnated. And you just decide what you do next. Don't church it up on me now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was just kidding. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, we we can get out of debt. We can we can figure out some stuff to change the world. And you know, I want to have you back on again mm-hmm. so that we can talk about the banking systems and how to deal with the financial crises that are facing the country because that's the problem. 
Mm-hmm. That that's a, a problem, problem as well. But before we um, before we wrap up, I want to talk a little bit of more uh, a little bit more about um, or as we wind down, I should say we've only got maybe five ten minutes left. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, because the main thing on the New Mind Collective podcast is using you know is is talking to individuals. You know, we want to talk about the issues that our our society is facing, but it's really about how we all as individuals have the have the ability to you know make the world a better place or impact mm-hmm. our environment in a positive Absolutely. way mm-hmm. and you know as much as society or the world or the whoever it may be might try to tell us that we have to be the same or you know uh, you know sit down shut up cookie you cutter. know cookie cut yeah cookie cut that's a great way to put it assembly line type of people mm-hmm. that <clears throat> You know, the more of an individual you are and the more um, diverse we become and the more people are able to pursue what they're passionate about, mm-hmm. the better off we'll be in the long run. Yeah. So how, so with mathematics, you know, what what's your kind of goal as far as how you want to be able to <clears throat> use that? I know you said being a professor, long run. Mm-hmm. But how else do you want to kind of use, and it doesn't have to be mathematics, but just... Mm-hmm you know, kind of your sphere of influence, what do you think are some ways that, you know, has <laughs> be most efficient for, or best spent as far as impacting the world in a positive way? Well, I mean, honestly, the first thing that comes to my thought right now as far as impacting the world, and you already said it, is the environment. I mean, if we, if we don't, you know, uh, if we don't notice the ramifications that we are very soon to face, and if we don't realize what we are doing as a species, you know, we need that self-awareness. We need that ability to realize what we are doing to our environment um, and not just have that greedy, you know, capitalistic, socially constructed mindset that so many of us have and understand that that we come from the earth. The earth doesn't come from us. And that if we don't take care of the earth, the earth won't take care of us. And if we destroy the earth, we destroy ourselves. It's true. And the number one thing you can do is reduce, reuse, recycle. That's in order. Reduce the amount that you use. Reuse what you can. Recycle what you can't reuse. And I mean, we'll just quit taking stuff from the earth, you know. Uh, Get energy, you know, from the sun. Do what we can. And it's just because if we don't stop what we're doing soon... We're not long for, for just a catal- you know, catastrophic extinction. Yeah. We're not long for it. Absolutely, absolutely. Reduce your reduce your negative imprint, and increase your positive one. Absolutely. I feel you on that one, man. And we're definitely gonna have to um, have you back on. We're just now getting able to, to scratch the surface, man. Absolutely. I'm limited. We're I'm currently uh, limited, like I've said before. Our uh, our platform, it uh, it well, it says it allows us to record in sixty minute segments. Maybe we could just add a couple, add, add a couple together. Get a nice uh, two hour podcast. That's that's yeah. my goal. Next one we get together, we're gonna have to do a, a two hour podcast and really get in deep. I'm gonna test it out um, before next time, and we're gonna. We're gonna try to get a two one, a two hour one in. If you I'm guys down think for you it, can, man. I love this stuff. If you guys think yeah. you can hang, just talking in general. Exactly. Chola, you you were kind of quiet this time, man. 
You're gonna have to. We, we miss. We Send us off, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So give a give a give a final shout out to the people before we before we sign off today, man. Yo, everyone needs to go read a book. Uh. Stay active. Mm-hmm. Stay mentally healthy and physically healthy. Okay. Keep keep doing things that better yourself, man. Absolutely. Let's, let's continue doing that. I like that. All right, guys. We'll appreciate you tuning in to the New Mind Collective. Stay tuned. Always coming back with new episodes. Check us out on Instagram at New Mind Collective. Take care.